0: Daddy, what are you doing? Um, I'm recording a show. Oh. I wanna go where the moon shines bright. I, I wanna, wanna dance, dance, dance under the stars tonight. Hello, my fellow faith-based investors. This is financial advisors say the darndest things. I'm your host and my mom's favorite faith-based investment advisor, A.B. Ridgway. If this is your first time to the show, if you're coming back for another spiritual refill and want to learn more ways to increase your faith in your finances, welcome back. We have a very exciting show for you today. We'll be talking about how social media could be stopping you from your blessing, how judging others could hurt you more than you're hurting them, and how love is the greatest debt you can have. Well, let's get right into it. The first scripture comes from Matthew's chapter 6 verse 4, that thine alms or giving may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee deeply. So are you struggling with your newfound wealth? Are you confused if you should tell the world how wonderful God has been to you financially? I mean, is it even appropriate to show the world how great giving can be? In this chapter, We hear Matthew frustrated with how people are going about doing these practices of the church. In verse 1 through 4, he's condemning the practice of announcing your giving to the less fortunate. You know, something we see on YouTube quite often. See, the intention is to show people that giving is good. But we forget the perspective of the person in need. You You know, maybe it's embarrassing to know that they are in need. And the one who gives is maybe just looking for kudos. So Matthew says, if you're going to give, you do not need to be as loud as a trumpet like the hypocrites in the synagogues do. So they may have glory of men, but to do it in secret, don't worry. God sees you and will reward you. It is the act and not who sees the act that is important. He goes on to speak about how to fast and how to pray and not to just ramble in long repetitions so people think that you can pray well. See, God knows what is on your heart. He even encourages you to pray away from others and keep it simple. The same thing with our finances. We don't need to boast on social media with a a, a, look at me. I I made $50,000 on this or I donated $100,000 here type tone. Now, if you look at the statistics, a lot of wealthy investors don't even want you to know that they're giving. Now, let me break that down and why. I mean, they're not all for altruistic reasons. Um, one of the reasons they want the tax benefits. You know, it reduces your taxable income when you give to charity. Two, they don't want their name out there and others ask for money. You know, it's like, oh, he just gave a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, okay, he must have some money, let me go ask him. And three is safety. You know, when you're dealing with that much money and you're giving to sometimes the less fortunate who may not have it, it's almost like dangling a carrot in front of them. So sometimes people's safety is at risk and that may be an issue as well. So In my business, client privacy is is very crucial, and it's for some of those reasons I just mentioned, but we all should just strive to align our giving behaviors with the word of God. Now, I I don't encourage people to discuss their returns in their investments. I mean, because that can cause envy, and someone may take on additional risk that they are not prepared to take trying to keep up. So, for example, uh, with this cryptocurrency, You know, we're hearing an adoption of this currency, but the investors who has $3 million in a balanced portfolio and buys $100,000 is a little bit different than a person who has $30,000 in debt and buys $3,000 worth of crypto in hopes of becoming a millionaire. So in this scripture, God is telling us that we should keep our good deeds private because God will talk for you. Did you catch that? If you do the work privately... God will do the boasting for you. It reads in verse 6, When thou prayest, enter in thy closet, and while thou hast shut thy door, pray for thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. We all want to be happy with what we accomplished, right? But make sure it's not just for the glory of men, but from a place of love, affection, and praising of God. And this kind of leads us to our next topic, about judgment. I mean, do you feel like you suffer from insecurity? Do you feel that maybe you got the short end of the stick when it comes to financial well-being? And do you feel that everyone kind of has it better than you? Well, if you do, you should listen in. Because the next scripture comes from Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Judge not that ye not be judged. For with judgment ye judge ye shall be judged, and with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. In our scripture, Matthew is the problem with judging others. Now, we usually assume it is in poor taste because of what it does to the other person. But what is it doing to you? And this judgment can be good or bad. Just because you judge someone favorably, it doesn't mean that it cannot have a negative effect on you. And and that's where we get comments such as, oh, my God, she is so gorgeous. I can never look like that. Or, oh, he's so muscular. Oh, man, he's ripped. You know, I'm just so out of shape and, and fat. You see how by us judging someone else by their looks, we are also judging ourselves by that same measure. Matthew doesn't distinguish between who is doing the judging What I get from this scripture is if you just allow things to be what they are, it will give you the freedom to be who you are. The same for your finances. If you're judging the growth of someone else's portfolio by the alpha, which is the amount of assets returned above a given benchmark, then you will judge your portfolio that way as well. Now, don't get me wrong. Alpha is a good way to judge performance in a portfolio. But it's not the only way to determine success. It's very narrow and doesn't take in consideration that you may need to take that much risk in order to be successful. So when it comes to your finances, you want to compare apples to apples and oranges to oranges. Compare your finances to how happy you are in your life. Happiness, faith, love, and quality of life. These are qualities we want to be measured by. In business, we call them KPIs, or Key Performance Indicators. What are your key performance indicators for life? How do you know if life is going well or not for you? I'm asking, how do you know? See, different companies have different KPIs that they track, and it's this unique combination of those metrics that are unique to that specific company. You can't just apply to another company and be successful. So once again, what mix of KPIs are you using to judge yourself? Is it increased net worth, lower liabilities, debt management, real estate acquisitions, vacations taken, or your gifting strategy? What is it? And if you don't know, today, take some time to reflect on your finances and figure out what are the things you need to be financially secure and focus on those things. And remember, not to judge yourself or others. Now, I want you to keep this in mind. There is a difference between tracking your finances and judging your finances. As a financial advisor, I don't judge people's finances right or wrong. I only track them and give them the reality of their situation as benchmarks against their goals. So listen to this. Track, don't judge. Track, don't judge. I'm going to say it one more time. Track, don't judge. This is a good time just to mention that if you're not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you join our mailing list. So you're notified of this and future episodes. AB Ridgeway wealth management provides tons and tons of Christian financial resources that you can leverage from this podcast to our blog and make sure that you check in and follow our social media as we hold webinars that can help you plan for your financial future. And just Google AB Ridgeway wealth management and all of our materials will come up. So Facebook, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, Twitter, Pinterest, YouTube, you name it, we're there. Well, that's enough of the logistics. Let's get back to the show and finish this up here. Now, I want everybody out there to understand that if they're questioning anything in their life, love is truly the answer It says in Romans chapter 13, verse 8, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. Now, do you feel empty? Now, is there something that's missing in your life? Now, if you said love, then you might be in luck. So, So right now, we are going to address the topic of love and debt. See, see, debt is an obligation that requires one party, the debtor, to pay money or other agreed upon value to another party, the creditor. So to break this down just a little bit more, debt is a deferred payment or series of payments which differentiates it from an immediate purchase. So in this case, the value is love. And as the definition states, is a series of payments which differentiates itself from an immediate purchase. So what does that all mean? Meaning love is not something that you buy or exchange once and that's it. It's something that you give over time again and again and again and again. And in most cases with what? Interest. But why would the scripture say that it is okay to have a love debt outstanding? And how is that a fulfillment of the law? Well, to answer these questions, well, let me give you some context. In the beginning of the chapter, we see Paul encouraging us to pay our taxes and debts in full. And not just monetary debts, but he states that we should give our honor for honor and respect for respect. And because love does no harm to your neighbor, as the commandments say, loving your neighbor is a fulfillment of the law. So once again, why did they say That love should be the only debt you should remain outstanding. Because loving people should never be an obligation that is to be fulfilled. You should continue to love people with all of your heart. And, And it is because when you have truly experienced love, words don't come that easy. I mean, you're trying to describe something that you can only feel. It's like trying to explain to your ears how to taste or explain to your feet how to breathe they are just different experiences and everyone is not going to understand. Love is unique and it is subjective. Now, don't get me wrong. Yes, there are some guiding principles that have proven to be effective. Listening, physical touch, compassion, empathy, and and all that good stuff. But true love is finding the combination that works in your situation, which is between you, God, and the person you love. Now I get asked all the time. I have multiple kids. Can I just give them equal amounts of love? That's fair, right? 25%, 25%, 25%. And my response is the same. When you love your kids equally, then you will deal with them uniquely. Each child and person needs a unique combination of love and attention. See, see love is not a one-size-fits-all. I tell everyone, When you meet someone, find your recipe. Don't let the world tell you what love should look like. Love is personal. It is not a community project. Yes, it takes a village to raise a child. But it doesn't take a village to raise love. For example, time is a form of love. We all have a limited amount of time on this earth, making time even more valuable. We don't know if we are giving the people... We love our, our last five minutes or just one of 20,000 remaining blocks of five minutes. So when someone gives you their time, that is love because they are saying, I am living for you. Not only that, they're also saying, I want to share this moment of life with you. Can you imagine how old the world is? Billions and billions of years. You could have lived in any moment and yet you're here with this one person see love is a custom fit and if god is love and god is infinite then love is infinite and just because someone has love for someone else doesn't mean they love you any less it says in first corinthians chapter 13 verse 4 love is patient love is kind it does not envy it does not boast it is not proud I had conversations with someone, and we were talking about life and and what makes a meaningful life. And I said, education can strip us of our life experiences. We spend hours studying the lives of our heroes, promising never to repeat their mistakes. And we get so consumed with information, we're almost paralyzed and unable to make a decision about life out of the fear of making one of those mistakes, right? So what do we do? We play safe. We are successful in the secular sense, but our life still lacks meaning. Love gives our lives meaning. Love is a life experience that you can't read about. You can only live it, and that is why it's so strong. So today, I want you to go out there, and I want you to love. I want you to love as hard as you can, for as long as you can, and make an impact in someone's life. As the scripture says, the debt of only love to the world should be a debt you never want to pay off. Are y'all following me? Y'all keeping up? I mean, I really appreciate you sticking around. We got one more topic. We're going to wrap up for the day because we want to talk about transferring assets and passing on your values to the next generation before we go. Our next scripture is Joshua chapter one, verse eight. This book of laws shall not depart out of thy mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe observed to be according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. Do you hear what he's saying here? Before you go out and start talking about all the scriptures and what they mean and all this other stuff, have you meditated on it first? Have you internalized it before you go out there and do the deeds, that's when you're going to be prosperous. That's when you're going to have success. So what, so what I'm asking you now about your finances, are you preparing your estate? Have you meditated on it? Do you have all of your assets with the proper titling? Now, let me ask you something else. Are you willing to pass on more than your money? And that's what I want to talk about. Sometimes we get so caught up in trying to leave money to the next generation and preach generational wealth, but what about the knowledge to manage that money? What about preparing the next generation with your vision for their future with the resources you have acquired? In the scripture, Joshua has just been appointed as leader after the unfortunate death of Moses. Verse 8 is the Lord speaking to Joshua. He instructs him on how to approach his new leadership. He encourages him to keep the laws of Moses, telling him to make sure that he truly internalizes the information. If not, he will not be ready to lead the people righteously and continue Moses' legacy. Your heirs need to internalize your values and beliefs before they are ready to lead the next generation and continue your legacy. Y'all see where that works there. So in finance, we work our whole lives to build our financial legacy. We may even have enough money to set the next generation up for success. But what have you given them as far as knowledge and instruction? What law have you given to them to meditate on day and night? When they have a tough question to make as far as their finances, what will they reference? Will they turn to YouTube? Will they turn to TikTok? When they should be turning to you, because the Lord says, when we follow those laws, then thou shalt have good success. thou shalt make thy way prosperous. So today I want you to think beyond your finances and think about how you're going to prepare your heirs. Do you remember our four questions we need to understand before we start to satisfy our financial plans? If you're a listener to financial advisors say the darnest things, you've heard these before? who owns it, how much is enough, who are the next heirs, and the key question today, are they prepared? If you cannot answer these questions, I definitely want you to reach out to us. You can reach out to us at www.abrwealthmanagement.com. You can schedule a consultation, and we can kind of figure some of those things out. Please, if you've enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends. Share the love. Share the information. That is the only way that we're going to continue to grow and to prosper. Lord, we are grateful for all that you have provided in our lives. We want to provide the next generation with the knowledge and wisdom to be good stewards over what they will inherit. We pray that you'll continue the legacy of making biblical responsible decisions that will make you proud. Lord, please allow love to fill our hearts and our spirits. For those that we love, may they know that love is infinite. We pray that we will continue to make continued payments for love with actions and an open heart. So please remove the mentality of judgment from our hearts. Allow us to have the freedom to live in peace as we give others that same freedom to be who they want to be. Lord, allow us to look at our finances without judgment so we can grow in prosperity and in faith. May we keep these words short and full of substance. May our hearts continue to do your work. Hopefully you allow us to show the world how wonderful being a person of faith can be by the blessings you allow us to experience. Amen. As always, this episode was created by A.B. Ridgway, owner of A.B. Ridgway Wealth Management a virtual and in-person fee-only advisor that believes that financial advice should have God in it. If you need help figuring out your finances, feel free to reach out to us at 337-414-3686 or visit our website at www.abrwealthmanagement.com and schedule a free consultation. New episodes are available every Friday, so be sure to subscribe. You can also listen to our podcast on your favorite platforms, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. Or simply visit our website and join our family. So make sure that you subscribe. I am A.B. Ridgway, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. Daddy, are you done yet? Almost. Why? Can I just come inside? Olajuwon Ridgway is an investment advisor and owner of A.B. Ridgway Wealth Management, LLC. A registered investment advisor which produces the podcast show and makes it available on his website and other distribution channels. Elijah on Ridgway and any guest on the podcast are providing their own views and opinion are not necessarily the views and opinions of A.B. Ridgway Wealth Management. Nothing on this podcast show should be construed as a solicitation or offer or recommendation to buy or sell any specific security. Investment advisory services are only provided to investors who become A.B. Ridgway Wealth Management clients pursuant to a written investment management agreement. Clients of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management may hold positions in securities discussed in this podcast. Past performance is no guarantee to future results. All investments involve risk and may lose money. Financial advisors say the Darnest Things podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for any investment decision. Instead, consult your financial advisor, accountant, attorney, and or conduct your own due diligence.